Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcasts. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. I'm Missy Stevens. I'm a mom and dot 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 writer child advocate, and this week, a gate designer. Ooh, and Ooh. I'm Suzanne Kearns, a mom and dot, 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 writer, LGBTQ ally. And this week, I'm going to be a gas line trench digger. So yeah, basically, we'll we're a landscaping company. We are. Yeah. We are. Is that master gardener in you? Yeah. Uh, we are so excited to be talking about a topic that we bring up a lot in terms of mm-hmm. questions for ourselves around boundaries. So boundaries for our excessive yes saying, and then also boundaries <laughs> with our children who might be walking in here any yeah. minute. So since Missy and I are pros at both not setting boundaries and also immediately removing them, the second that we feel like they might mildly be inconveniencing someone else, we decided we need to bring in a pro, a boundary expert to answer all our questions. And our pro that we are thrilled to have with us today is Justine Soans. She is a writer and stress management coach who loves drinking coffee, helping burnt out humans set boundaries and talking about things that hurt. During her career as a massage therapist, Justine's practice was dedicated to exploring the roles that stress, pain, and relaxation play in healing the physical body. She came to realize that the support her clients needed required more than a massage, and she made it her mission to help them. Justine now spends her time writing about feelings and coaching other overfunctioning humans to develop healthy boundaries and practice sustainable self-care as they navigate the messy intersections of partnering, parenting, preneuring and pandemicking. Thank you for being here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, just in the nick of time. And, you know, in, <laughs> in, in researching all the great stuff that you do, I, one of the main things that caught my attention were the three main call outs on your website mm-hmm. about developing better habits managing your stress and anxiety and focusing on work that matters. I feel like that could just yeah. be the title for our podcast too. Like what we're trying to find <laughs> yeah. pros to answer. And so, yes, we basically need an entire week to cover all of those things. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. wouldn't mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been a really, really interesting journey getting from kind of where I started out in my professional career as a massage therapist to mm-hmm. moving my business to kind of working online and then having kids and really being a immersed in working from home and just Mm -hmm. seeing the way that my boundaries evolved and developed as I moved to those different areas of my life has been a quite an experience (laughs) to say (laughs) the least. Yes. And I love that you started as a massage therapist. Are you still doing massage therapy or have you moved entirely into this area? I've moved entirely into this area. I always started massage therapy as a bit of a, like, this is my career for now, knowing that it met a lot of needs in terms of what I was interested in, what I wanted to be doing. And I had an active practice for about eight years. And then it was when I was about to have my second child that I really realized that I wanted to move away from being, you know, attached to another human being directly on the other side of the exchange in my work and create more of that time um, flexibility so -hmm. that I could really build my career from a place of creating the space to raise my children first. Love that. I mean, that's a wonderful solution for a challenge that I think a lot of us have felt and 
some of us like me just stopped working completely and never found yeah. a, a solution for that. So I think that's wonderful that you found this intersection of your interest and then also something that works for you and your family. And so are you, you work out of your home? I do completely. I do. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Either out of my bed or this chair or the hammock <laughs> yeah. on the deck. It's like basically where there's the least amount of noise is where right. I move to. And I mean, my kids are generally in full-time school and daycare providing that they're able to go given these current mm-hmm. times. <laughs> yes. um, but even so it's always kind of moving to where there's the least amount of distraction for me is where yeah. I work from any given day. That's something we've been talking about a ton with our kids. They've been home most of the last year. Some of our kids are still home and we're used to having them at school. And so we've done kind of a cruddy job and at times of setting boundaries with our kids for any number of reasons. And just the other day we were talking and I don't know if you um, are familiar with the show, The Good Place. Have you seen oh that Oh my show? goodness. Okay, have good. The, how many times have I right. seen The Good Place is the question <laughs> yes. you need to be asking. Okay, good. I'm glad I found a kindred, kindred spirit in The Good Place. This is one of my yes. favorites. And I feel like in my kids' minds, I'm Janet. Like mm-hmm. when they say, hey, Janet, they want me, boom, right there. Mm-hmm. And then when they don't need me to answer a question, they want me to go back into my void. And they don't care that I am sometimes needing to be in my void to work. That doesn't matter. And I feel like a lot of that's on us. You know, we've talked about it, that we have to set good boundaries with them, but what do we do and what do new moms maybe do so they don't end up like us without boundaries? 15 years later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that one of the things that was really pivotal in my understanding of boundaries when I became a mom was this idea that Cause like, I actually wasn't someone who struggled with boundaries before having kids. I'm like generally a pretty, like not selfish person, but selfish person. And so taking that time to take care of myself really came naturally to me. But what I knew was that you kind of set boundaries from the outside in for most of your life, right? You are who you are as a person, you encounter people and you decide how far you let them in and how they impact you. When you become a mom, and particularly if you are a biological child-bearing human, it's the first time that you literally develop those boundaries from the inside out. There will never be another human whose fingernails will scratch the inside of your organs, okay? Like to make we it hope. as visceral, <laughs> we hope, we eat niblets. Um But yeah, and so it's not just that, but it's like from the moment that then you're responsible for this child, it like their survival is dependent on you and you Mm -hmm. develop this like cellular connection to them that it's like, you will wake up the split second before they start crying in the middle of the night. You will be reaching for a bucket mid vomit before it comes. Like it's that intuition that develops when an external human depends Mm -hmm. on you. I think that a thing that mothers have to really learn is that even though those boundaries start so intimately, the work is actually to create the space as they grow and to let them go. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of that long-term process. That said, when they are again in that infancy stage where it's like they cry and your body hurts, yeah. their mm-hmm. expressions of discomfort do necessitate a relatively urgent reaction. And so we kind of feel like it's our job to make them feel better, to meet their need so that they stop crying because we want them to be happy. As they get older, again, what that actually becomes is not, it's my job to make you feel better. It's my job to help you learn how to navigate those feelings of discomfort and create that Mm. space to reckon with it. 
but we were kind of sold this narrative that martyrdom makes you a good mother. Mm Self-sacrifice is how you show up. Mm -hmm. And that had meant completely obliterating our boundaries to meet their needs at the cost of ourselves. Okay. We can just wrap it up because I think that's (laughs) the answer. (laughs) Nice talking to you. That is, yeah. That's pretty mind blowing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's one of those things that's like, yeah, oh, you say it. And it's, I think that's yes. the sign of things that are really kind yeah. of these genius ideas that they just seem so, of course, of course, I just but, I'd never yeah. really thought of it that way in 50 yeah. years, but yes. Yeah. And the that way where, and where it gets um, especially complicated is that just knowing that that's at play isn't actually enough to shift the habit mm-hmm. because we are culturally rewarded for violating our boundaries and saying yes when we should say no. That is how we protect ourselves and exist in society and gain traction. So it is a really countercultural thing to learn how to say no. Yes. I want to put that on like a plaque that we are culturally rewarded for not having boundaries. It's so broken and backwards. And I think I'm exceptionally broken and backwards just because I... I did not have boundaries in my previous job. I was in an ad agency. I had very demanding clients. I wanted to make them happy. And yeah, I mean, I've had at least once, maybe twice where I did not go home on the way home. I went right to the airport to fly to California to go deal with a client issue because I valued their time they're not necessarily, I guess it's their happiness, but basically their job happiness over mine. So, I mean, and then I went immediately right into full-time motherhood where I took that attitude and that way of being and like, okay, you're my new client. You're my little client. And so you got the emotional part and then my own tendency to just give, 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 give. And yeah, that's a dangerous mix. And now uh, this is where Missy and I were talking about this the other night is like, I've set that expectation. It's not my kid's fault. I mean, Mm-mm. They'll milk yeah. it for all it's worth, but I, I mean, yeah, I have or your trained them. Fault. Yeah. Yes. I have trained them to do this. So like, so mm-hmm. what are some of those like nuts and bolts things that people can do, whether it be in business with a client or whether it be with your kids to just to, to do those boundaries for people who's not as natural for. Yeah. So the, I mean, the first like reframe that I try to offer people, or at least that I will in this specific conversation is we tend to leave this conversation with, I am broken because of these things. Like I did this thing that was wrong. And we immediately go into this like judgment of like, I'm in the place that is wrong. And I want to be moving to the place that is right. Mm -hmm. And that is already going to create a situation where your target is constantly moving because you're trying to always aspire to something else. So And and the other area where this gets problematic is, again, it's not that you are this broken person who showed up and immediately started sacrificing yourself. It's that you were rewarded along the way for doing this, right? So Mm -hmm. you were actually conditioned towards this behavior. And then Mm -hmm. when the consequences of the behavior began to present and women start to quote unquote break down, then we're Mm -hmm. told you need to take care of yourself. This is a you problem. You can fix it, which actually perpetuates the problem. Like, uh, yes. so, so again, being just being aware of the fact that we are being made individually responsible for what is a collective systemic problem. And we're going to be fighting an uphill battle yeah. that like degree of honesty and perspective 
for me has been the most important thing in figuring out, okay, now knowing that I'm fighting an uphill battle, knowing that everywhere I try to set a boundary, people are going to give up resistance because they benefit if I bend over. Mm-hmm. Now I know that mm-hmm. I'm in for an uphill battle. Yeah. So then the question isn't how can I avoid the feelings of not feeling good? How can I avoid those bad feelings, the things that hurt? Instead, it's how can I equip myself to lean into the discomfort and the things that hurt so that I can move through them? Oh, Missy, this is going to be especially hard for us. When we very first started off our podcast, we had an amazing Enneagram coach come on from Ask an Enneagram coach and discovered that we are both people pleasing nines and, and we do anything we can to avoid confrontation and difficult mm-hmm. situations and mm-hmm. which I'm sure is what we're going to be facing as we put up some of these boundaries. So what is that just toughening your resolve? Like any tips on <laughs> how to Yeah, like how now? do you move through the things that hurt? Like that's a Yeah, I think it's a, it's a trust building process with yourself, Mm -hmm. I think. So I think that that first part is knowing that it's a process and you have to learn to trust yourself. So another thing that we've been talking about is these social boundaries. So we've kind of Mm -hmm. talked about work boundaries, family boundaries, but COVID has actually, I mean, it's just been the worst, but for someone who does not have boundaries, it has given an excuse. It is given just this universally accepted excuse for not being somewhere or not doing something. And so when that is gone and we go back to quote unquote normal, I'm, I'm very afraid that I'm going to be back to saying yes to every volunteer request at school, Mm -hmm. every fun party that I do want to go to, but I know is not the best thing for my energy level or just for what I truly want to be doing in that particular day. Um, So is that the same kind of thing for how you set up boundaries for those fun things? Yes, it really is. It's um, I often say that your feelings are where your boundaries begin. Okay. And Ooh, so another gem, you need yes. like a quote a day calendar. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so your feelings are where your boundaries begin. And again, part of where this becomes an interesting thing to navigate is that we've been taught to really prioritize those feelings of feeling good and to lean away from those feelings of feeling bad. So what we know is that, you know, in this space that we've had to kind of quote unquote, pause, remove ourselves from normal and examine how we're showing up. What we've been able to do is realize like, yeah, again, these are the things that didn't work for me. So that gives us a chance to kind of do, that's like our post-mortem examination of our boundaries Mm -hmm. and how we're taking care of ourselves. We can take that information and kind of start to do a pre-mortem of showing up going forward and being like, what is a situation that's going to come up where I might lean into the easy yes instead of the no? And then kind of thinking like, what's the feeling that might come up? How do I know that I'm feeling that way? What do I do with this feeling? Because one of the big things that I like to remind people is that the purpose of our feelings is just to bring something to our attention. And then it's up to us how we answer it. Right? Uh, Yeah. So if we're getting these negative feelings when an opportunity, quote unquote, negative I don't actually think they're good or bad, but we perceive Mm -hmm. them as being negative. Again, we have the choice to either just kind of ignore it and say yes for the easy win of the other Mm -hmm. person's going to feel happy. I can do this thing that will externally validate my sense of worth Mm -hmm. or we can stop and take that space to examine like, okay, I'm feeling a sense of guilt. 
why am I feeling guilt? I feel guilt because if I don't sign up for this thing, other people are going to think that I don't care about my child because I'm not supporting their extracurriculars. Do I actually not care about my child? No, I know that I care about my child. I know that I care about my child because when I take time to take care of myself, I'm more present when they come to share their personal problems with me. And that's Mm -hmm. actually what I value in my role of a mother. So thank you guilt for checking if I'm making a choice that is aligned with being my best self as a parent, I've answered the question and I'm choosing no. And so to come back to the whole, how do you work through those negative feelings and learn to trust the process is by doing the thing and then seeing the result on the other side. Mm -hmm. Because (laughs) when you practice that sacrifice of the short-term yes, in favor of your Mm long-term growth, you're going to reap the results in your relationships. And that's what we really want. It's like any new behavior or skill, it requires practice. And I think that I could say that to my child. Like we talk a lot about the growth mindset. Like you can't do it yet. You don't know how this works yet, but I don't tend to say that to myself. Like you don't know how to move through the uncomfortable no yet. Yes. 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 And it's so hard to, because we, or at least like my expectation when I was coming into motherhood was this idea that like, I learned these things and I was going to teach my children how to do the (laughs) things that I had learned without realizing exactly the inferno of skill development. I was about to be immersed into and all the learning I would have to do live. And so all of a sudden it's like, it's not actually about teaching. It's about modeling that behavior. So again, like when we talk Mm -hmm. about not being able to pour from empty, it's like, you cannot give to your child what you cannot give to yourself. Mm -hmm. And they can spot that value gap and call that bullshit a mile away. Yeah, they can. Okay. We we keep saying the magic values word. Like you mentioned before, like not taking that volunteer position, because what you really value is being able to be there to answer one of your kids' questions, that type of Mm -hmm. thing. And so values is a part where Missy and I, and I don't know if this is just something unique to us. I'm sure you've seen this with other people. Like when someone just tells us to sit down and be like, here, write your values or what are your values? Like, it's just this big nebulous blob that I just Mm -hmm. don't even, it's really overwhelming. I don't know where to start. And I feel like everything's technically a value if I think about it long enough. (laughs) So like, do you have a particular exercise that you put people through to like really nail down? Here are my values. Yes. And no, Mm -hmm. um, it's often something that it's like, a a mindset that I kind of help people learn to adopt that then you just kind of view your whole life through that lens. And you're constantly taking in this information and checking it against your inner self. So that said, when it comes to determining your values, part of what I do is help people kind of put on those blinders away from that, like farthest away from you external role and validation and really circling it down into getting clear on who you are in your inner self. So what that tends to look like is I'm like looking for a piece of paper and a pen here because I like to draw my concentric stack of self-care cups here. So I love a visual. The first thing, and, I'm every, and this is a good reminder for anybody who's listening to this. It's like, I want to see the picture. We'll post a link to it in the show notes, but also 
all of our podcasts are available on YouTube and we usually put in extra photos over it and you can see the videos. So, um, that is always something you can do too, but I'm sure that we will, we will give a verbal description of this Mm -hmm. uh, picture as well. (laughs) Yes. And it's also possible that the picture will be backwards. So we shall, (laughs) yeah, we'll see (laughs) what work around it. So the first thing that I tend to draw, always draw is a circle with the word self in the middle here, because that's the most Mm -hmm. important cup that we need to fill. Right. Now, the next circle that stretches outside of that, I generally consider my intimate household community. So that's going to be my partner, my kids, and honestly, my dogs, because their well-being <laughs> influences my life too. Yep. Oh, yeah. And then when I go into that next out circle, then I'm going to start to see the people who are, you know, my family, my chosen family, um, mm-hmm. the people who are kind of like my, my intimate friendships and relationships. And then from out there, we go farther into like work, your next circle out there maybe is social media, et cetera. (laughs) So this first cup is what I'm responsible for pouring into. So what I do is I then take this piece of paper, turn it on its side, and we're going to grab that cup of self and we're going to stretch it up. So now we have this stack of cups and circles of relationships Mm -hmm. that exist in your life. Now, When it comes to that values piece, I really believe that our values are always tied to our connection to each other and the way that we show up in our life. It's part Mm -hmm. of where like this self-care boundary setting thing is never just about you. It's about all the roles that you occupy in your life. So when you start to look at those different rings, what are the things that you value and where do they fit in that stack? Uh And then you start to get this picture of when I'm doing the actions, the behaviors, the thoughts, the feelings that are filling this cup, where is it actually pouring down into? Do I have cracks? Do I have breaks? Am I trying to spray this really wide spray and get all of the cups at once? Because (laughs) that's not going to work. Am I I trying to fill that cup from the outside in? Because that's not going to work when you start at that lower level. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's again, not like this clean cut, like sit down five minutes, you're going to have all your roles and values and responsibilities outlined. Yeah. But it's a matter of, of just starting to think beyond again, that like that binary black or white, this or that way. And looking at the interconnectedness. Yeah. yeah. And I was struck by how far out it went before you hit things like work and social media it was several cups before Mm -hmm. we got there yeah and then the other thing that I will you know often head towards in this conversation is looking at like the boundaries that we set exist specifically between ourselves and the roles that we occupy in these circles Mm -hmm. right so it's like even within this I have my like partner circle here and then I have my parent circle when I get into this area with like my next intimate circle I'm wearing my sister hat I'm wearing my friend hat I'm wearing my this hat and so Mm -hmm. all of these circles are constantly orbiting hovering and rearranging depending on the capacity that you have. So you may have Uh, capacity in one area to meet the need of your sister, and you may not have capacity to hold space for your mom. mm. And that's okay. Oh, okay. We need to, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm looking at all the circles. I'm thinking about that. I I'm having like flashbacks to listening to Gretchen Rubin. It's Gretchen Rubin, right? That has the tendencies, the tendencies. Okay. There's four. four. Yeah. Obliger. (laughs) 
I know obliger because I'm an obliger. Yes. Obliger, questioner, rebel, and achiever. Achiever, that sounds right. Or something. That's, something that like right. that. There's like the person who will always meet internal and external obligations. Uh-huh. The person who will only meet internal. The person mm-hmm. who will only meet external. And the person who questions everything. Yes. Yeah. And oh, missing. Oh, you're the questioner. I love oh, the missing. I, I wish I had more questioner. Very much external. Yes. And so, yeah, that's why whenever I look at that circle, I remember I was listening to one of her podcasts when she mentioned this idea, it's kind of the similar thinking about the circles. And she was thinking that, you know, the people who are based on the external people and, you know, these people pleasers and obligers, they tend to feel like they have the most responsibility to the circle that's the furthest away from them. Yes. And which makes no sense to me. But the minute she said it, I was like, oh my God, like, I will make my son make his own lunch because I promised to deliver something to a neighbor on the Facebook group who I've never met before. And it just doesn't, in my brain, it makes no sense. And I just, and I know you said, we can't Mm -hmm. just go back and say that we're broken and (laughs) and blame it on ourselves, (laughs) but I've, I've got, it's a, it's just an extra hurdle for trying to put those barriers up and think about the values and make sure that we're really concentrating on self when you just have a natural tendency to do the opposite of that. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and I really find things like personality assessments really helpful in also getting some perspective when we look at how we show up, because yeah. I think that the traits that we have, they exist on a spectrum, depending on whether or not our cups mm-hmm. are full. Right. So it's like the things that make obligers more prone to seeking external validation and flexing their boundaries are also the things that make them so thoughtful and so helpful and so kind when they're expressing from a healthy place. But it's not fair to take advantage of that desire to be helpful when it comes at the cost of the other person. So Mm -hmm. healthy boundaries are mutually beneficial and they allow for the best expression of both parties. Yeah. Yes. Do you have like any go-to phrases? Like literally if someone's like, Hey, can you be on this committee or Hey, can you, it's so funny. I was about to ask. Can you do like, literally, I need, I need to practice practice? some sentences. Yes. I need, I need to role play some sentences and I just need to repeat (laughs) them in the mirror over and over. What are like some polite obliger style that, that will take care of our obliger need to not ruffle any feathers, but also gets the point across that this discussion's done. We're not doing this. <laughs> I mean, so if you want to do an actual, like this discussion is done, whatever, it's just, no, I appreciate you thinking of me. No. Right. Like that's really the easiest thing. What I actually go to a lot is give me a minute to think about that or let me get back to you. Let me get back to you. I would like to check my calendar. And again, it's this thing that like, when I actually talk people through these kind of exercises, I will kind of paint done and talk all the way through where it's like, we're going to justify it. We're going to answer the feelings. We're going to explain it. But 99% of that does not make it to the other side of the conversation because the Mm. other person doesn't need to hear all the justification. Mm. So there's an element of like, if you really struggle with saying no, just going straight to a no is actually going to be really hard to do. Because again, people have learned that they can push against your no and kind of get you to waver. So Mm -hmm. instead I will say, I need some time to think about that. I'll get back to you at this date and time. 
and I track the requests and I look and say, what do I actually have availability for? And then I go back and respond when I know. But the reality is that we have these incoming requests that are coming all the time and we don't often have the time and space to process them, sort them and figure out what we're actually available for. Mm -hmm. So setting that boundary of saying, let me get back to you creates the space that you can figure out how you feel about something, decide if you're actually available for it, and then give an answer. And people can learn to wait. Their urgency isn't your urgency. Yes. Yeah. I sometimes have that gut. Yes. Because I feel like I should, even while inside my head, it's screaming, no, no, no. And I can't make a good decision. I'm not good on the fly. I really need time to process. And so it's nice to just know like my automatic answer from now on is going to be, I need to look at my calendar, talk to whoever else is involved in, whether it's Suzanne or my family or whatever it is. And then I will get back to you. It's a so much better answer than the gut. Yes. Or yes. oh, hell no. That sometimes blurts out of my mouth too. And like, you're not yeah. trying to remember some excuse you made up. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Like what have I already said? I can't, and I'm doing that day. Yeah. 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 Like being honest is scary, but the alternative is exhausting to try and right. keep all of that up. And it's like, again, we often think there's either a yes or a no, but when we take the space to process, we can figure out where the middle ground is. And it's like, mm -hmm. if there is a yes in there for something, what is the yes to and what is the no to? Yeah. Mm. Right. And then yes. what are the levers we can pull that create that space for the yes? Okay. And now I feel like a robot trying to like pretend I'm a human asking this question, like, <laughs> okay, how does human do this? Okay. So you said someone makes the request to you. You say, I'm going to wait, you know, give me till tomorrow. I'll give you an answer. So you're sitting there and you're thinking about how you feel about this. Like mm -hmm. I do, I do have human emotions. I do know how to make decisions, <laughs> but like, so I, but I really, I want to get pretty granular here about as far as are you then being like, okay, by doing this, why am I doing this? And what does it mean I can't do? And then like, do you like literally like tick the boxes next to what you've said on your list or your five values? Are you just listening to your gut? Is it a combination of everything? Like what, what does that process look for you? It's a combination of everything, but it starts with kind of meeting myself where I'm at and then whittling down from there because I'm a very emotional person. Like I've had to do all this work around emotional regulation and learning about processing feelings so that I am not spitballing around like Sonic the Hedgehog, like demolishing <laughs> yeah. everything with all of my feelings. So for me, there's a matter of knowing that again, the feelings are valuable and they need to be processed. So if I just start with naming the feeling, it's like, what do I need to do to process that? Because mm. there could be a day that a request comes in and again, I'm feeling very resourced. I feel like I can think it through and, and all of that stuff. And I may be able to give more of an accurate response. There may also be days that the stress input is really high and I can tell that I'm a nine out of 10 on my tolerance scale right now. And so where I'm going to react from might not actually be an accurate response. So when that's the case, it's kind of like, okay, what do I feel like I need to do? And it might be like really expressing and moving the big feeling through. If I'm angry, if I'm feeling, um, yeah, anger is really a big one. <laughs> then, yeah. then I know that I need to do something like just go like, like go for a run or a power walk or go in my car and rage sing so that I can do something mm -hmm. that allows me to take the edge off of that. I can't think straight and get yeah. down to that next level. So um, yeah, like physical activity or singing is a thing that will do that for me or journaling 
is one, like my thoughts don't do well without adult supervision Mm. and the (laughs) way, like I can't get thoughts organized in my brain when I'm feeling Mm -hmm. keyed up. So then sitting down and just dumping it out makes it real. And sometimes I write something, it's like, I feel like a blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, no, I don't actually think that that's not the thing. And so it's a lot of like rule in rule out to get to like, oh, this is the thing that I feel. So again, it's like the, the way that I need to answer the feeling or create the space to process it varies day to day, but it always starts with asking myself what I need. Yeah. And then being able to be really honest with what it is you need and take that time. It goes back to something you said that I can't let go of is training the people around you. Like they, they have to learn that this is what you're going to give them. So if I say to my husband, I need time to process this feeling and then we can have this discussion or to my kids, I need time to think about it before I answer. Can we go do, can we go see whatever it is they're asking me? Mm -hmm. Um, It's a self-training and a training of all those people in all my cups. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's where there's an element of, you know, you kind of have to decide based and I use my stack of cups to decide who am I extending that amount of emotional availability to like who Mm -hmm. deserves the explanation. And so for me, like my kids are almost four and almost six. So they're still quite young. And when I have moments that I need to do that, I have to say to them, look, I understand that in the past, I've gotten you a snack from the cupboard because it's the first thing you asked for. I was really tired and that was easy for me to do. So now I need you to be patient so that I can think for a minute about what, what you actually need to consume for nutrients. And so <laughs> right. It's like, I, I, again, have said, I understand that this is hard because it's something new because this is the thing we were doing. This is mm-hmm. what I really want to do now because it's better for both of us. Let's work together to make that happen. That's such a nice way of doing it. Cause I can such see where nice it would way. be, it would be pretty abrupt to the kids to just all of a sudden change a behavior and they'll probably internalize it and be like, Oh, she's not giving me that snack anymore because I was bad or just because oh, something yes. happened or whatever. When you actually just say, no, this is something that, you know, I made a bad decision before because I wasn't thinking about it properly. And now, you know, let's, let's think through it together. Give me Mm -hmm. a chance to think through it and then we'll talk about it or whatever, instead of just doing it. And then they don't have any frame of reference for like, where did this behavior or this change come from? Yes. And again, it's so important because the inauthentic yes, that we're conditioned to respond Mm -hmm. to is a result of trying to appease that story we made up that we weren't good enough because Mm -hmm. odds were that we weren't raised by people who were able to dispel that story for us and remind us that their behavior wasn't about us, right? Yeah, I think everything we've talked about today is so incredibly useful for the obvious reasons, of course, but what's amazing is it can work at work. It works at home. It works with your family, your friendships. And if we can practice it and start getting it down, then it really is valuable in our entire life. Yes. And that's really the thing about that, like bringing that lens from those external roles and circles into like, no matter which role you're showing up in, you are showing up as who you are. Mm -hmm. And so it's just so important to get clear on what that is and then pour down. Yeah. 
That's, and I, I really do feel like I could just sit here all day and ask you questions. And I'm sure our <laughs> listeners feel the same way. So what is the best way for people who are like, yes, I need to just hear everything that she has ever thought and, you know, yeah. <laughs> and keep learning uh, all these great lessons and stuff you have to teach. So what is the best way that people can work with you one-on-one or in groups? Yeah. So there's two real ways to engage with my work. If you'd actually like to do the, you know, in-person or not in person via screen, deconstructing of how you set your boundaries, how you uphold them, how you fill your cup. I do that with a group coaching program called Staying Alive. So it's a four week program of one 60 minute call per week and then Voxer support after the fact. And you go in a group of max four people and we just kind of come together and create this safe space to process what's going on externally. So it's like you have the freedom to say the things that you're scared to say out loud because they might impact someone else because this container is for you to figure out how to process. So that's the one way. And then the other way is to sign up for my email newsletter called the Friday feels. So Mm -hmm. it goes out every other Friday and oh, I'm so glad. Um, (laughs) And yeah, it's just a deep dive into all things, feeling self-care and setting boundaries. And so I always try to like make them these short, concise things, but they never are. They're like a letter to a friend. (laughs) They just read with a glass of wine in a bath. And uh, yeah, you can sign up by going to bit.ly slash the Friday feels. So that's bit.ly slash the Friday feels. And those are the main ways to engage. I'm on Instagram right now, but I may not last there for long, depending on how my boundaries get set. Oh God, we could have a whole nother show on social media boundaries. And I really think we should, because I think that it could given, given just an inch, it could take over your whole life. Well, yeah, I get it. It's a whole other topic, but especially because so much of our connection right now is digitally based because that's what's available to us. It is a very potent area to try and (laughs) set boundaries around. We are definitely going to have to set up a round to, I feel like it, cause you know, trying any, anybody who's doing something like uh, any creative job for sure, you use that social media to build a platform. Whereas Suzanne and I are in this growth phase right now. Mm-hmm. I think we both feel called to be on there a lot. And yes. also it's not good for us. So yeah. setting the boundaries of we're going to post yeah. in one way, or we're not going to post at these times or whatever it is, it's challenging. Yeah, it is really challenging. And again, it's like, it's, I don't think that it's possible to really set those boundaries unless you know exactly what those values and validation that you're seeking are like, what's the goal of it so that you can mm-hmm. set the limits around it because mm-hmm. otherwise it'll eat you alive for real. Yeah. Well, yes, we're going to, we're going to track you down and bring you back <laughs> for social media <laughs> boundaries. Cause I think that is a big one and a part two of this, but we like to uh, also, and our show getting to know you a little better outside of your expertise and with our look, listen, learn segment, where we all share something that we've been looking at or listening to or learning this week that maybe our listeners could also benefit from. So Justine, is there anything that you've been looking, listen, learning to this week? Yes. So there's two things that I kind of prepared for this. The first is the looking at, which is that my husband and I started watching the Marvel universe in timeline order. So I've like seen some of them like here and there over the years, but have never really been like 
immersed in the whole experience. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a perfect form of escapism right now, because like, we're too tired at the end of the day to sit in front of Netflix for half an hour and be like, what do you want to watch? What do you want to watch? I don't care. So this just like removes that decision overwhelm. And at the end of the day, we just plunk down, escape into Marvel until we fall asleep and then pick it up again the next night. And it's just been this great little I activity. love it. We did. That's what we did for our Christmas break. We did the entire Marvel in, mm-hmm. in timeline form, but what a great point about not having to make a decision. Yes. We've, we've had an entire uh, discussion about this decision overwhelm and, and habits yeah. and all this good stuff. But yeah, we pretty much since the beginning of the pandemic, we never used to eat dinner in front of the TV. We always used to eat as a family at the table, but when the pandemic started, we thought, oh, well, just for this, you know, this month we'll be home. (laughs) We'll just, you know, make it a special exception. And we started watching Survivor. Oh my gosh. While we would eat dinner. And we have been doing this for a year now. And it's just nice because you don't have to think, and no one's arguing about what do you want to watch? What do you want to watch? It's just like, (laughs) nope, we're just going to watch Survivor. And that's what we do here at dinner. Yeah. We pick a series and that's what we do every now we're back to somewhat normal life and so we're not all home at the same time for dinner with swim practice right now so it doesn't happen very many days a week anymore but same thing when the pandemic started we were like well for these two weeks that we're in quarantine (laughs) yes then we'll do this and so we do a lot more watching tv over meals than we ever have done before but it is I don't know it's kind of fun especially now that we're back to only doing it a couple nights, there's something really yeah. great about it and knowing what we're going to watch. Like this is the yes. series we're on right now. Yeah. You have to cut yourself a lot of slack for the things that you do when you're in survival mode, because like the alternative is not making it out the other side. And like, this is better. Right. So yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and you know, we have the best discussions together. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Some life lessons can be learned over the Survivor show. There should be a book about uh, everything I learned in life. I learned from Survivor because you can talk about different personality types, how people react to different situations, the way Mm -hmm. they make decisions. So it it brings up some interesting conversations too. Yes, 100%. What's your other look, listen, learn? Oh yeah. My listening to is, um, this will be a surprise to nobody who knows me is Taylor (laughs) Swift always. Like that's not just this week. It is like, that has been another coping mechanism for me and my feelings practice is like singing Taylor Swift, like play, putting certain playlists together. Cause she has a song for every yep. feeling. <laughs> and then I'm also listening to a podcast called every Taylor Swift album, which unpacks them as she oh. is doing recordings. And it's this fascinating look at like her career as a whole and like her development in like creating and how she set her boundaries and like reflected on her relationships. It is fascinating oh, and like it's really good it's so good that's so really good. interesting yeah okay. so it's by I'm the ringer it's list. yeah the ringer every taylor swift the album ringer. okay i feel like my husband listens to one i want to call it the unloader but that's probably that sounds like it might be a dirty one um <laughs> <laughs> i'll correct it in the show notes but it's um and they have we'll a also TV. put whatever that dirty one is. We'll put that in there too. Know. Do not go to unloader.com. <laughs> Don't Google that. Hey y'all. So just like I suspected, the name of that podcast is not The Unloader. Please do not Google that. 
It is actually called The Song Exploder. And in addition to the podcast, there is a Netflix show also that is Song Exploder. So you can get all the information and links to those at songexploder.net. Okay. Yeah, don't do that. No, but it's they, they take songs and they, they go to the writer, the artist who sings that mm-hmm. song, and they, they, un- they unpack it, they unload <laughs> they it. out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but they talk about, and you know, we just watched one with the uh, Nine Inch Nails that Trent Reznor, mm-hmm. who, holy cow, that dude, I mean, he did the Soul movie recently. Oh, um, yeah. He's all these things that you wouldn't think Nine Inch Nails is doing Funny. Music for the, a cart, you know, an animated cartoon for Disney, but, um, oh, but unpacking some of the actual, like, what they were thinking about the lyrics, what this meant, what happened with the music and going to history. So yeah, to do that for all the Taylor Swift, what a gift for people who are big fans of hers to be able to hear all those. Yes. Well, she's a smart business person and a very talented storyteller. And so I bet it's really fascinating to hear how that all comes together. Yeah. Yes. To I'm reflect on it in hindsight is really cool. So yeah. Okay. okay. We're adding that. that to the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need a break from the crime junkies. You got me hooked on this. <laughs> I'm getting all my murders mixed up. I'm like, wait a minute. He's not the one with the hooker. No, that was a different one. <laughs> it was a different one with a different hooker. Yes. <laughs> it's so bad. Cause you'll be at like a dinner party or with friends and you'll be like, wait, I heard a story about this, but you do get them all mixed up and you're like, somebody's dead and somebody did it. And I can't yes. remember. Yeah, you're telling a story about your friend and all of a sudden it's like oh this is getting sketchy oh this is a crime <laughs> podcast I'm like, is this socially acceptable conversation i don't know how to do this anymore i'm sorry yeah, yes. for real <laughs> we forgot how to people we don't know i've anymore. been in our own heads for a lot of time this year yeah oh my gosh yeah. okay missy what about you um, I have two this week too. So the first one is the addiction inoculation. Oh, um, do you have that? Here. I don't have, I have it oh, on no, my Kindle. So I don't have the okay. Oh, well, we'll put it in the show notes, but by uh, Jessica Leahy. And it's so good. It is so good. I told a friend, I was reading a book about helping our kids avoid addiction. And she's like, it sounds dry. It's not. <laughs> It is amazing. And addiction is something that's super close to my heart. And I've had the great privilege in my life of watching somebody I love become sober and stay sober. And so it's something that I'm really, that I deeply, deeply care about, but I also Mm -hmm. don't ever want my children to experience that. I don't want them to have to get sober. I don't want them to have to watch somebody they love get sober. And so the book is fascinating and it's part personal story, part statistics and science and highly, highly recommended if you have children of any age. Um, so good. So that good. is next on my list. It's yeah, unfortunately that means that's why it's downstairs, but yeah, yeah we'll, we'll post the links to that too. And we just love yeah. Jess Leahy. Our oh other gosh. book that parents will be interested in picking up is the gift of failure, which is just amazing as well totally different direction totally different topic but the yeah. idea of not kind of being this helicopter parent helicopter. and yeah. not trying to pave the way too easily for your kids because it's through their failures that they actually grow yeah. and learn and yeah, that's, so that's an excellent one too so and then my brain break when I'm done learning about addiction is um I discovered that there is a it's called the great pottery throwdown and it's kind of like the great British baking show have you seen Ooh. it? Uh, no, but I love that. I watched a similar one about glass blowing Ooh, and like yeah. pottery sounds so good. 
it's so soothing because it has that <laughs> whole British baking show vibe to it where they're just, yes. they talk softly and everything. Everybody's yes. pleasant and kind <laughs> to each other. And I, I mean, it makes me want to get a wheel and learn to throw pottery. And a very kind friend of mine said, maybe take a class first before you buy a wheel and build a whole shed. Yes. I highly recommend I took a class. It's not as easy as it looks. It looks really hard, actually. I mean, these are people who've been doing it for years and they mess up. Did you make oh, that? Yeah. Justine made Yeah, I mean- I tried to, but it took me so long to make a thing that like I missed the timeline to put things in the kiln and glaze them and stuff. So I just came home with like hunks of dried mud that broke, but it was very soothing. Is it? So yeah, yeah, but no, now I fully support watching the show and getting my fix that way. That sounds so so relaxing. I haven't watched a whole lot of it yet. There's, I think there's four seasons and it's just like, it's now my go-to when I just need to just take a break and be engaged in something that is very peaceful. Mm-hmm. That is a good one. Okay. I need to remember that. And actually people don't need to remember all of these because oh, yeah. <laughs> Missy just put together all of the links for all of our guests and all of our look, listen, learns for all of our episodes. And we have a new page on the website. That's just the look, listen, learns. And so you can go through if you're looking, they're not organized by like, if they're the look, listen, learn, sorry. No. <laughs> but, Ooh, that's too but you can figure it out. You can figure it out. I know you're Yeah, all And they just go in episode it. order. So you kind of know when you heard the episode, you can go down the list and find it. It's not, right. not anything high tech, super organized, but yeah. And they're always good enough is good enough. Show notes. Yeah, yeah, good they're enough always listed in enough. the show notes of the individual shows too, if anybody needs oh. to. So what about you? What are you um, looking at? listening to I am well for I'm looking at in more than one ways this Jenny Lawson cover look how gorgeous this illustration is and oh she goes gosh. into the discussion about the artist and why she chose this and what the little monster that's all dressed yeah. up uh, and pretty I mean very symbolic as far as her depression as this monster that she carries with her um, but that she still loves and dress up and put bows in its hair and flowers. So, I mean, we're big fans of Jenny Lawson and yeah, this book, I, I don't know that I should be, re- I read it right before I go to bed at night. <laughs> um, oh. And, and it does, I mean, she, she's always hilarious. She's always wonderful, beautiful writer, but I mean, she, yeah. she goes there, she goes there in this book and mm-hmm. she goes there in other books too, but I feel like it's a little bit more higher percentage of going there in this one but really good. And yeah, I just think anyone who helps shine a light on mental issues and isn't it, it's mental health awareness month, I believe. I think it is. Is it it May? So yes, in honor of mental health awareness. And I know I suffer from an anxiety uh, (laughs) exhorter. I made it an exotic disorder. (laughs) You have fancy anxiety. I do. It's so exotic. Um, one of those. So I just appreciate that people talk about it in the open. I just read Mm -hmm. the most fascinating article about how kids these days, I mean, back when we could have my daughter's friends in the backseat of the car, I mean, they'd be like, Oh no, I forgot my meds for the sleepover. Can you drive me back home so I can grab them? I mean, everything's just so out in the open. They're like, Oh yeah. Last time I forgot them, you know, this and this happened. You don't want to see that at your house. Like, you know, just like, <laughs> you know, I was up eating, you know, food at three in the morning and you don't want that. So, um, so I just love how 
I feel like the next generation, it's not going to be this secret or this shame or anything. Mm-hmm. And that just helps. That helps not, you know, it makes this continuing cycle of shame and more anxiety yeah. of trying to hide that. So love mm-hmm. that. They have language to talk about it that we didn't have. Like oh, we had yeah. to learn those words and that to put a story around it. We had to learn that later as adults. Yeah. They're learning it now. Or even mm-hmm. learn that things that you're feeling are just normal in the sense mm-hmm. that they are normal for a particular condition yeah. or issue that can be treated. And yes. And then, well, I'm not even going to get into the handmaid's tale. I'm doing round two of the handmaid's tale because my husband had never watched it. Um, so I'm watching it with him. I will just tell you if you watched it alone as a woman, especially during a different administration, mm-hmm. um, and it's, and now I'm watching it with my husband in a very like smash the patriarchy like thing where he's like no I'm the good guy <laughs> like no I know you're not one of those guys but these guys are so bad and so look bad. at the horrible things they did to women and yes um so yes I'm I'm yeah. for some reason putting myself through that again because I know ne- I just realized I never even knew there was a season three and season four just came out so we're gonna we're going to bit that's super good for your mental health is to just binge, <laughs> binge the handmaid's tale. To say, like, I love the show, but it's so bad for my mental health. Really? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it puts me in a, just in a yeah. dark place, although it's easier to watch now than it was, but not that much more. I need, I need something to be like fantastical enough that you've like, you, you've separated my connection to reality for it to be real right. good escapism. So like the space Viking wars of Marvel really, hit that for me because I don't actually think that's going to happen. Handmaid's Tale is a little like, I'm not convinced that's not a future prediction. Yeah. So you're brave. We live in Texas. So we, we got, we got some feels about the handmaids in here in Texas. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're not too far away from when we become our own country. (laughs) When we we secede from the union. I think about it all the time and I'm like, well, I can't be a handmaid. Cause I can't have children anymore. And I'd be a really mean Martha. I think I'd be like, no, you make your own damn dinner. And uh, so, like, I think I'd be in, what do they call it? The colonies where you're working like in the coal mines and stuff. I think that's where they're going to send me. Yeah. We're manual labor for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, basically we are like you're digging ditches right now. So that's true. It all comes <laughs> preparing full circle. Back to me trying to get my uh, fancy schmancy fireplace in the backyard, digging a trench. Oh, well, oh my gosh, this has been so much fun. Now we already kind of talked about where people could find you, but just Mm -hmm. in case anybody was uh, turning a corner in the car when you did that, uh, can you talk about uh, where people can find you again? Yeah. So you can head to my website, justinesones.com. And I forget what the, just look for staying alive. It's like self-help me or something like that. I think is the call to learn more about staying alive. Um, And then to have me popping into your inbox every other week, you can go to bit.ly slash the Friday feels. Awesome. And we will have links to all of that in the show notes, as well as our look, listen, learns, and who knows what else. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like this is an episode where people might have to come and look like, like, I want to put a picture of the cups and, you know, like I want some things in the show notes where people will have to, they might I'll have to, to come get make a version with like legible handwriting. Loops. Yeah. I'll be sure to follow up with that. Yeah. <laughs> And we like to, when we do the YouTube version, we'll overlay pictures on top mm-hmm. of it. If you go back to the our tipsy ellipses, actually, 
had some good overlays of images because we had all the little miniatures. Yeah. Here's a, here's a follow for you, Justine. Um, Missy's friend, Kate, does uh, domesticate this yeah. and does these little one twelfth size. Is that 1/12. what it is? Yep. She is recreating her life in one twelfth scale. So like dollhouse scale. And it's just the fun. It's the funnest Instagram it's follow. It's super like happy. Oh it just, gosh. it's a great Instagram to follow just to go. You just disappear into this teeny tiny world. <laughs> and it's amazing yeah. what the pictures are. They'll blow you away with the detail of. That's so cute. Yeah. yeah I usually wouldn't shrunk down. I would usually wouldn't send people to YouTube to watch a podcast, but that particular right. one, we put a lot of after the fact pictures in. So I <laughs> yeah, encourage good people to go and, and look at that one too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. terrific. Thank you so much. And we, oh Thank my gosh, you. we're definitely, we are definitely going to get you on the schedule. For yeah, if you're willing to come back, we're yes. gonna, we Oh my goodness, yes. I'm like, I feel like we didn't even get to have the questions we talked about ahead of time. And I am no. here for this conversation again. Yes. <laughs> Good. Oh, we love it. Good. Love it, love it, love it. Oh, well, terrific. Thank you so much. And Thank have you. a wonderful rest of the day. And yeah, so looking forward to the conversations that come out of this and then our next round of discussion yeah. too. So thank yes. you. Me, Me too. too. All right. Then we'll Bye. do our little Thanks, wave. Thanks, Justine. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. The links to that group and all of our socials can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.